This is a story about a group of nine and ten year olds who thought that they were going to have a regular day of school and the opposite happened. This group of children arrived to their classroom at the start of the school day and as they were settling in one child and then two children and then three and four began to gather at the window. This classroom was on the fourth floor of the school building in New York City and the window that they were looking through faced south. It had a picturesque view of Lower Manhattan, which at that time included the World Trade Center, the Twin Towers. The first child that was at the window was alarmed when he noticed a burning hole in one of the towers. And as the other children began to stand next to him and her, and then it became a group of them, these children watched as a second plane circled and flew into the second tower. They saw the explosion. They saw the people jumping. They saw their teacher unsure of what to do because she was also new at this. She was also a human who had never seen something so extreme. This is a story about what these children learned and how they became the adults to be the guiding voices for the children of today. This is a story that started 20 years ago and there is so much that is not known about what happened to these children. There's so much not known about the way these children understand this event in their life, in their lives, in their life, in the lives of humans living on Earth today. I wonder if the other children in this class feel panic when they perceive a, a plane flying too close to the ground. where they have to second guess their spatial awareness and depth perception and recalculate. Oh, that building is really close to me and that plane just looks like it's gonna be low enough to fly and it doesn't get anywhere clear, anywhere near, but you know, these are impacts that we live with every day.
or that I live with every day. And I'm curious to learn of, of the triggers in these children's lives. Well, they're now adults, actually. These kids are turning 29 and 30 over the next year. 28, 29, and 30. How did this event impact the traje trajectory of their lives? How did this event impact the way that they understand the world? How did this event impact the way that these children chose to participate in this world? Do these children feel a sense of social responsibility that's more significant than they would have had they not witnessed this event? Have any of these children experienced mental illness as a result of this event? Have any of these children grown up to become teachers or healers or mental health professionals or advocates for light, advocates for good, advocates for social programs, advocates for developing empathy and compassion in future generations? Have any of these kids grown up to be first responders? Have any of these kids stayed in New York City? Have they left? Do they have dreams about this day? Are they able to connect to it spiritually? Do they feel that it was a Satori moment for them? Are parts of their shadow connected to that day? Connected to how they understand that event in time? This is a story about a generation of real life superheroes. And in understanding that these children grew up to be superheroes, we also have to understand that they've experienced some really hard things and they've seen some really scary things and they've been hurt in ways that most people don't realize children can be hurt. Most people don't realize that Children are so malleable and also so much who they are from the moment they are born.
I know that I've always been here to, to, to spread love. I know that I've always been somebody of peace, of kindness, of compassion, of humanity. But I know that that's not the truth for everybody. And I'm curious about how this event impacted who each of these superheroes or superhumans or victims, super victims or super villains, like how do you fall into that paradigm? I've been the victim. I've even been the villain at times. I spent a long time trying to be the hero. And today I realized I'm none of those things. I'm the storyteller. I get to say how this story ends. I get to tell this story. I get to share the perspective of, of my life and of this event. And I get to reach out to real people who are the other characters in the story and place them back in the story and, and see how they fit. And if they even want to be part of the story, because I respect that some of them might not want to be part of this story. But I know that for me, I have to tell this story. I have to write this story. I have to put the pieces together and fill in the blanks because the story doesn't feel done for me. The story feels like it was only halfway written and the author gave up and then just rediscovered it, collecting dust. And I know that it's gonna be helpful because why else would I have experienced it and why else would I feel called to share it? So this is a story about learning that you are your own storyteller and that each day of our lives could be a whole story. Each year could be a whole story each lifetime could be a whole story. And maybe you could be in the story and tell it at the same time. It's a weird place to be, but that's the position I find myself in. Like the Carrie Bradshaw of life purpose 
and existentialism. <laughs> Sitting in New York City looking at, you know, the Empire State Building is at like 12 o'clock of my view right now. And I'm also sitting in the apartment that served as the safe place where I came that day, where like we sought refuge in the space where I'm sitting and telling you this story. And that feels really significant. There's been a really long list of moments and events in my personal life and in the greater world story that have led me to be sitting here in this apartment today. And I'm so grateful that I'm able to see the need for this to be a full circle. This has been a full circle, truly. It could be a full circle if I wanted to end the story right here, right now. But I don't think it's helped anybody really yet. It doesn't feel complete. It doesn't feel like I've done the job of explaining these really hard things to younger minds. I'm not dead. I'm not depressed. For the first time in most of my life, I'm not depressed. And I can cry, and I can cry for a moment and recognize that that's an emotion and it passes, and I can feel my emotions and that feels like a gift because I can also feel joy. And I spent so long not feeling joy and I wonder how many others live that way too. Without peace within themselves, without joy in simple moments, without perspective for the heartache and the trauma and the pain of our lives because those are really heavy things to have to experience and not feel like there's a reason. I wanna help the world see that you can heal yourself and heal others through searching for reasons, searching to understand, and I know, I know that I will never get all of the reasons. I know that I will never fully, truly understand how somebody could be so evil, but that's not the answer I'm trying to find. The answer I'm trying to find is, how can I find purpose in all of this? How can I make my life feel like a more complete story when I look back at all of 
the painful, scary, difficult times, the times that felt like they had no reason for them to be happening, and see them as a larger story, as parts of a larger story. Realizing this is both burdensome and freeing. And I'm diving further and further into exploring this truth for myself because I feel called to. So I'm so grateful for the change in in my own mindset that's been allowing me to reach these new levels of understanding. I'm finally starting to understand me. <laughs>